We welcome up Dean this morning. Dean uh, has pastored in the churches in Toowoomba for many, many years and uh, was on a trip that he went to the Philippines and met his sponsored child that he had this real uh burden and passion that I want to do more in compassion. So he ended up six months later getting a full-time job in leadership in compassion so that he could pursue that passion. And today as he comes and just shares the Word of God and his experience and what compassion are doing, open your heart to hear from God and just soften it that God loves those, every single person on this earth. So can you stand to your feet today as we welcome up Dean Wallace as he comes to share with us. Well, good morning, C3 Powerhouse. It is so good to be with you this morning. You can grab a seat. I want to welcome our online audience as well. It's so great to have you join us today. Wow, what a church. You guys have got a great church here. I really want to encourage you with that. And I really want to thank your amazing pastors Pastor John and Danielle, for the opportunity to be able to speak with you today about the work of compassion in releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name. And my understanding is is that you have just had a theme for the month of August of more than Sunday, yeah? Can I just say, I love that theme. That is an amazing theme. I've always believed that Church, on Sunday, as good and as important as Sunday is, it was always meant to be a launching pad for the week to come and a landing pad for the week that was. A place to connect, a place to celebrate all that God has done through through us throughout the week, a place to be encouraged, be empowered, be refreshed, be released, a place to not only receive a blessing, but also to become a blessing to those around us. In fact, in Galatians chapter 2, when the Apostle Paul met with the other early apostles, Peter, James and John, he met them in Jerusalem to confirm the calling of God upon his life. And when Paul discussed this with Peter, James and John, their instruction to Paul was that when he went to preach the gospel and when he went to establish the early church, in Galatians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, they simply requested one thing of me, one thing, that I would remember the poor and needy, which was the burden I was already carrying in my heart. So we can see right from the beginning, one of the earliest mandates upon the early church was to remember the poor and the needy, to not overlook them, to not forget them. And I don't know about you, but in the busyness of my world and in the busyness of church life and the busyness of life in general, it's actually easy to overlook and forget the poor. And one of the reasons I am so excited to be here today speaking with you 
is because I believe that it is good when a church takes time to remember the poor. Because God has a special place in his heart for the poor and for those who help them. It's good for the health of a church and it's good for humanity. And so I want to just start this morning just by saying a huge thank you. Thank you for your partnership, C3 Powerhouse. Thank you so much. We at Compassion are so, so grateful. I think it's just amazing that right now, through your generosity as a church, as individuals, as families, right now, in this very moment, 187 children are being released from poverty in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you are sponsoring one of those children or have sponsored a child in the past with compassion, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for your generosity. I wish I had enough time to describe to you the joy that comes to a home when news is received that a child has just been sponsored. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, but for these kids, when they receive news that they've just been sponsored, that someone has chosen them, it really is like winning that golden ticket. It's a ticket to a better future. It's a ticket to be able to dream again. It says that somebody is thinking of them. Somebody is caring for them. Somebody has noticed them. And just a little story, just to help illustrate what it means to sponsor a child is when I was six years old, grade one at school, a friend of mine invited me to his house for a swim. And so you've got to understand, in the early 80s in Toowoomba, anybody who had a backyard swimming pool, they were the cool kids. They were the kids that you wanted to be friends with. They had all the cool toys. They had tuck shop every week. <laughs> so when this, this guy in my class said, do you want to come to my house for a swim? I was like, yeah, let's do it. And so the day came. Went around to his house one afternoon and he got changed and he's swimming around in the pool and I got changed and his mother said to me, do you know how to swim? Because I've got some yellow floaties. Who remembers those big blow-up yellow? I've got these floaties I can put on your arms if you like. I said, no, no, it's okay. I know how to swim. Because at that point in my life, I'd had two swimming lessons. So I thought I'll be okay. So I ran and I jumped in the pool and I just had this moment, somewhere between leaving the edge of the pool and before I hit the water where I thought, hang on a minute, I don't know how to swim. <laughs> and so I hit the water and I'm just kicking and thrashing, frantically trying to keep myself up. And I reckon I kept myself up for about 15 seconds. It felt like about an hour and a half, but I reckon it was about 15 seconds before I actually sank to the bottom of that pool. 
Luckily, my friend's big brother, he saw what was going on and, and he ran and he dived into the pool fully clothed and he picked me up and he sat me on the edge of the pool and I was bawling my eyes out. Whole life had flashed before my eyes, <laughs> all six years of it. And needless to say, I, I spent the rest of the afternoon splashing around the shallow end of the pool with these big yellow floaties on my arms. But the reason I tell you that story is because when I was in that moment, in the middle of that pool, there was literally nothing I could do to get myself out of that situation. It didn't matter how hard I tried. It didn't matter how much effort I was putting in. It didn't how much, matter how much I was struggling to keep my head above water. It was impossible for me to get myself out of that situation. I didn't have the strength. I didn't have the knowledge. I didn't have the skills. I literally needed somebody else to enter into that situation and come alongside of me and lift me up to a place of safety and strength. And that is exactly what happens when you and I choose to sponsor a child. We're saying to that child, I see you. I notice you. I see the struggle and the pain that you're in and I'm not going to walk by. I'm going to come alongside of you and I'm going to lift you up and put you in a better place. I tell you, church, sponsoring a child, it means so much to these kids. It means so much to them and their futures, especially during this COVID-19 season. I'm not sure if you're aware or not, but this COVID-19 pandemic has supercharged poverty around the world. In fact, extreme poverty was, has been on a decline over the last 20 years, but COVID has reversed all of that. With people who had once worked their way out of extreme poverty now being pushed back into it. See, we need to understand that these countries where compassion is involved, lockdown for these families, it's not in a four-bedroom home with two living areas and two bathrooms. There is no government stimulus packages. For these kids, lockdown for them as, as seven or eight members of the same family living in a little shack the size of one of our three-by-three three garden sheds. No refrigerator. No pantry. And we have heard story after story of these families that have literally been on their last meal praying and asking God for help, wondering where their next meal was going to come from. With the next day, the local church coming to their door with resources that your sponsorship has provided with tears running down their faces saying, we did not know where our next meal would be coming from. That's what sponsorship means. Because even in the middle of a global pandemic, compassion is committed to making sure that every registered child is known, loved and protected. So who are compassion? Compassion... It's a Christ-centred, church-based, 
child-focused organisation who had been releasing children from poverty for almost 70 years. It began in 1952 during the Korean War, where an American evangelist, Everett Swanson, went to preach to the American troops in Seoul, Korea. And while he was there, he saw the devastation and the destruction that the war had caused. And so he chose to rescue 34 children in Seoul, Korea in 1952. And compassion has grown from that point, 34 children in 1952, to the point where today there's almost 2.1 million children who are currently in the program. That's so good. But just to give you a, a bit of an idea of who Compassion is and what we do, I've just got a quick video that I'd like to play you. If we could play that video, thanks. As they grow up, we have the opportunity to build a genuine friendship. You ensure they go to school. That's huge because compassion children are still become the most vulnerable and I love that video. And I love that quote at the end. A hope more powerful than poverty. Because poverty speaks to these kids. It isolates them. It says that you have no value, that you don't matter, that no one cares. But praise God, we believe that the word of God speaks louder than poverty. Amen. And then compassion comes along and introduces these children to their local church, introduces them to Jesus, introduces them to a sponsor, someone like you, someone like me, who writes letters to these kids and tell them, you do matter. You matter to God and you matter to me. 
who write words of love and, and affirmation and, and hope begins to rise in their heart again. Hope begins to, to build in the spirit of these children to believe for a better future, to believe for a better tomorrow, more than they've ever seen in the generations before them. And you and I get to be a part of that. See, I believe as followers of Jesus that you and I, we have so much potential to bring about change in the lives of these children and bring about change in, in the lives of people around us. I believe that you and I, we're, we're full of kingdom potential. And that's what I want to speak about for a few minutes today. I want to speak about our kingdom potential. I want you to turn the person beside you and say, you're looking full of potential today. Because it's true, you are. You are full of kingdom potential. With that word potential, it comes from the Latin word potentia, which means power and ability. So when I'm talking about our kingdom potential, I'm talking about our kingdom power and ability to bring change to the world around us and within us. And the reason I'm convinced of that is because my Bible tells me that every single follower of Jesus has got at least two things happening in their life right now. There's many things that Jesus is doing all the time, but there's two things that's happening in your life and my life right now. And that is number one, the power of the Holy Spirit within us and the resources of the kingdom of heaven available to us. Our job is to steward those kingdom resources well. Now, if you've got your Bible, I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, verse 31 and 32. So this is Jesus sitting with his disciples and he's using a parable to describe to them the potential and the power of the kingdom of heaven that's within them and the journey, the process that happens to see that released. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 31, this is Jesus. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field. Though it's the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants. It becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. And I don't know about you, but whenever I read that passage of Scripture, I see two thoughts in relation to God's plan for you and God's plan for me in releasing that kingdom potential and spiritual growth within our life. And the first thing I see when I read this passage of Scripture is God's plan for us is to grow. I love that thought. Though it's the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows. Everyone say, when it grows. Not if it grows, when it grows. It becomes the largest of garden plants. It becomes a tree. I tell you, church, whether you've been following Jesus for five minutes or 50 years, there's still more. There's still more that God has got in store for you. There's still more potential to be released. There's still more prayers to be prayed, people to help, words to be prophesied. There's still more. But when I think of that seed that Jesus was talking about, the mustard seed, the smallest of all seeds to grow into the largest of trees, there was a process that had to happen to see that unfold and unpack. And one of the things I, I believe is that that seed, it just needed to stay planted. 
everything that was needed for that, that small seed to become that large tree was already packed within the seed. It just needed to be planted in the right environment, surrounded by the right environment, have the right things added to it to see it unfold and unpack. It's the same for you and I. We just need to stay planted in the kingdom of God to see the potential and the process unfold. I think of that seed. I think of how many years of of seasons it would have went through, how many winters, summers, autumns, springs, year after year, every season adding something to that seed of potential. Summertime, that would have been an obvious one, wouldn't it? Lots of sunshine, lots of rain, easy growth. But then came the wintertime where the leaves dry up, leaves fall off, rain stops. And on the surface, it looks like there's nothing happening to that tree. Yet below the surface where nobody sees, the roots of that tree are pushing out deeper and wider and further than ever before, looking for that subsoil moisture and creating a foundation and a platform for that tree to produce even more fruit when summer comes around again. I tell you, church, to release the kingdom potential within us, we need to endure all seasons. Because God is doing something in our life in every season, whether we realise it or not. Maybe you feel like you're in a summer season with God right now. Maybe you feel like you're in that season where everything just seems to be going well. You're praying and things seem to be happening. You're reading your Bible, you get, get a ream of word all the time and it's just you're in that summer season, easy growth. Praise God, enjoy it. But maybe you're in that winter season. Maybe you feel like you're in that hard, dry place right now where you're praying and and it doesn't seem like things are working and maybe it's in your business, maybe it's in your finances, in your marriage, in your family where it just feels tough right now. I want to encourage you, persevere. Don't give up. There's things happening in this season of your life that cannot come any other way. There is things happening below the surface, in your heart, in your spirit, in your mind that is establishing something in you that is setting you up for your next season of growth, your next season of fruitfulness. It's just the first thing I see is that God's plan for us is to grow, not when we grow, but not if we grow, but when we grow. The second thing I see is not only is God's plan for us to grow, but it's to grow for a purpose. Though it's the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants. It becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. Listen to that again. It grows, it becomes a tree so that the birds can come and perch in its branches. Other words, the seed was meant to grow into a tree so it became a place of refuge and shade and protection for others. And it's the same for you and I. God's plan for you, God's plan for me is to grow and become large. But it's for a reason, to be a blessing for other people, to help those around us. I love the dream that God has put in the heart of Pastor John and Danielle. 
where they say, I see a church filled with influencers and entrepreneurs, innovative, cutting-edge marketplace leaders who excel in every sphere of society, government, media, sport, entertainment, education and business, entrepreneurs who set the standard for business excellence in leadership and wealth creation. Wow. I don't know about you, but that sounds to me like a, a church full of large trees. That sounds to me like trees that change the social and spiritual landscape of their environment. Trees that can provide protection and shelter and care for others. I tell you, church, we need to have a so that attitude to our prayer life. And what I mean by that is when you're praying for God's blessing on your life, what's your so that? God, I pray for my ministry to grow. That's a good prayer. God wants your ministry to grow too, but why? What's your so that? God, I pray for my business to expand and enlarge and I pray for my business to just explode. Fantastic, but why? So that I can finally get the recognition I deserve or so that I can employ more people, I can help more people, I can influence my industry. God, I pray for your financial blessing upon my life. I pray for a promotion. I pray for an increase. I pray for financial blessing. That is a good prayer. God wants to see your finances blessed. But why? So that I can have a nicer car. I can buy another investment property I'm never going to live in. Oh, God, I pray that you bless me. I pray for financial provision. I pray for promotion. I pray to you enlarge my finances so that I can provide a place of protection for others so that I can bless those both here in my community and abroad. God, I pray for your blessing upon my life so that I can become that large tree and birds can perch in my branches. People can rest in my shade. My branches are a place of blessing for others. I want to ask you this morning this question. Who is finding rest and blessing in the shade that you can provide? What's their name? What's their story? Who are they? And that's where sponsoring a child with compassion comes in. Because compassion gives us a, a very real opportunity to invest in the life of a child and provide protection and care and shade. They can find a place of refuge in what we can provide. We can help a child. We can see someone grow and develop into the people that God has called them to be. Somebody like Richmond Wandera. I just want to show a video right now of Richmond Wandera and his journey of how a young 15-year-old girl chose to have a so that attitude in what God was doing in her life. My father was sick and I was and by that I mean he was fighting. 
nothing is the same for me. My mother had no job, my mother was only very near. We moved from where we saved to a place called Nanaboka Saint, which is one of Uganda's largest towns. And then I was introduced to our new home, which was a 12 by 12 room. I looked up in the room, it was a table, I called it. That was the night that we stayed time. Yes, we got back to this place, just to have a call to the new farm and wait until morning. The reality is that this is life. Only began to speak to me at the time. I thought I was nothing. I didn't mind. Nobody cared to know my name. Think the best way I could describe who I was and what I thought is the word always. My mother did get uh, a purchase from my friends just to share with my friends. I'm pretty sure that I want to watch from Ashley South when it was immediately came from home. Uh, I remember them coming uh, just prior to get these on who we were, what our story was. I got the news that a young lady had she was 15 years old. She was I cannot find the words to describe the joy that filled our home when we got to reach one of the places, which means the number of us. That actually gave me an opportunity to rekindle this hope that was saved. Heaven began to write a few words that Christian I love you, Christian I thank you. They began to bring healing into places that were destroyed by voices of poverty and my self-image. I credit a lot of how I feel now about myself to those letters that I received during the past, many times, I walked forward to accept the Lord Jesus in my heart. I began to say, wow, I have been released from poverty. I have been released. God began to call me to grow a relationship. And then I felt fully called to pursue a service. I began to pastor's discipleship and ministry that exists to train and equip pastors. And I spent a lot of my life training and equipping pastors in the world. Looking back and through my life and thinking where I am right now and what I'm doing, I don't think any of this is going to be possible right now. How much it works. Everything that was placed within the program has helped you make who I am right now. Poverty is not just a lack of money, a lack of material, food, and water. Poverty is sin, it's deep. My name is Richard, and I'm going to release some poverty in Jesus' name. Come on. How good is that? What a story. From loss to found, from lack to provision, from brokenness to holders, all because somebody had a so that attitude with what God was doing in their life. I mean, sponsoring a child, it costs $48 a month, less than $1.60 a day. 
And I think in the big scheme of my life, would I miss a dollar sixty a day? Probably not. Would that dollar sixty make a difference in the life of one of these children? Absolutely. Absolutely it does. And I would love to give you an opportunity this morning as well to make a difference in the life of one of these children. I know for me and my family, we sponsor three children. We've got two in the Philippines and one in Dominican Republic, our extended family. And you know what it costs me to sponsor three children? It costs me less than one cup of coffee a day, less than $5 a day to sponsor three children and change their life forever. And the good news is, is I still have my cup of coffee every day. God's got a way of doing that. He's got a way of when you reach out to others and become a blessing to others where he seems to increase your capacity. So maybe you are sponsoring a child today. We want to thank you for that. That is so good. But maybe you've got room for one more. Maybe there's one more family who can have a seat at your table. Maybe there's one more family that can come under the protection of what you can bring. We'd love to give you that opportunity. We've got a number of children here today from Uganda, Brazil and Thailand who are in desperate need of a sponsor, somebody to sponsor them. Someone like Patrice. Patrice is 17 years old. She's from Brazil. She lives with her grandmother and her aunt, so her parents are not on the scene. And Patrice has been waiting 270 days for a sponsor. And the reason Patrice, at 17 years old, is still waiting for a sponsor is because at some point her previous sponsor would have had to pull out, most likely due to COVID financial issues. And so she just needs a little bit of help to finish the program. She's only got three or four years left to finish the program. And we've got a number of children with us today that only have two or three years left. They just need somebody to help them get over the line just to finish the last leg of their race. Maybe that's you. Love to give you that opportunity this morning. So please come and talk to us. We'll be out in the foyer there and we'd love to answer any questions that you might have. But I just want to close in prayer right now. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for what you're doing in our life. We are so, so blessed in this nation of Australia. I pray that our heart of thankfulness will overflow into generosity. And God, I pray that you will move us this morning. As we continue to grow in your goodness, I pray that we continue to grow in our so that view of the world. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you, church. It's been so good. Looking forward to being here again tonight to share a story of a guy called Biggins Theus and his journey of how God is using him today from a compassion child. Amen. Thanks, church. Thanks, Pastor Josh.